You got to chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. We all think he's going to be great, or if you think he's going to be great as a listener, I am here for that, but I want that Aaron Rodgers season number one. Put up great numbers, don't get more than six wins max, and get yourself a great draft pick. Start to build around him. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. We are live from the coaches' room at Roos Chris Steakhouse in Middleton. As everyone uh, remembers from yesterday, I was here on Saturday, Matt. Not as romantic this afternoon. <laughs> There's the two of us, but we also have uh, some great team members here as well. So uh, we will be doing the show here from 2 to 4, followed up by Scalzo and Brust. So swinging out uh, to Roos Chris Steakhouse in Middleton during the Scalzo and Brust show. And hang out, get yourself a uh, Coors Light, because the mountains are blue. You know what to do. And that's crush a Coors Light. And uh, look, I got this Barry Alvarez trophy right over my shoulder here, the Barry Dodd Coach of the Year Foundation Award. And it is uh, in recognition of higher and more noble aspect of coaching and what a great coach he was and a great trophy over here. There are photos of our good friend Tarek Sala, Athletic Director Chris <laughs> McIntosh up here as well, Ron Dane. So... Uh, Roos Chris Steakhouse in Middleton is obviously, we've talked about it before, a great place for many different events. We're going to have Leon a little bit later as well, but it's a, it's a fantastic bar. Got the yeah. horseshoe bar. The and first thing you think of when you think Roos Chris is obviously a good steak, but you don't realize that, yeah, this bar area is pretty great. They have a great outdoor seating area as well yep. that we're looking out at here from the coaches' room. So. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Plus, Scales on Brust will be here. They're fun to listen to. Absolutely. Not as fun as us. And if you hadn't <laughs> been here in a while, this coach's room used to be kind of closed off This where they have all the windows. That wasn't there. So Lee had the great vision of opening that up and taking it out to the patio here. Uh, but the coach's room has been here for a long time. And uh, we'll talk some Badgers and we'll talk some Packers as well. Jim Rutledge, Matt Hamilton with you. We are remote in the Everlight Solar Studio at Roos Chris Steakhouse in Middleton. Get into the show, 844-770-3776. And we got Alex Strofe back at that Everlight Solar uh, Studio. Matt, how you, or, uh, Alex, how are you doing back there? Uh, not as good as you guys. I mean, you, you guys are out and about shaking when hands, you want kissing us to babies, order, eating steaks. Uh, in your honor. Potatoes all gratin. Those things are the best potatoes I've ever had in the entire world from Rose Chris Steakhouse in Middleton. So that's my request. Jimmy, are you drinking a coffee right now? Of course I'm drinking a coffee right now. I didn't even know they served coffee at the Horseshoe Bar. They do. I came in and Lee knew it. He's like, hey, you want a coffee? I said, absolutely, I yeah. want coffee. So it's been a good day. It's been a long day. I worked out of carbon earlier. So, you know, got to get uh, the energy back up and, and carry through the show. So, Strofe, you love to pit Wilde and Tausch against me and Matt. I think that's like your <laughs> secret favorite thing to do. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly up there because it, it, <laughs> you guys are worlds apart, right? No Wilde this week, so we won't talk to him later at 2.45 like we typically do on Tuesdays. But I heard Tausch say something this morning, and I just thought, I know one of you is going to agree and I know one of you is going to disagree. So here earlier today, which uh, obviously here will be in Tausch 9 to noon here on ESPN Madison, is what Mark Tauscher had to say about the Packers offense this upcoming season. What makes us think that we're going to be that much worse on offense than we were last year? Because Aaron Rodgers has been a great quarterback. 
He is a four-time MVP. I don't have to go through all the accolades of what he's done. He wasn't that last year. And again, a lot of reasons for it. I think the broken thumb was a monster reason for why he wasn't as effective. But we act like this offense, which was not very good last year, statistically, that it's going to be markedly worse. Okay. <laughs> I, I, Matt, I'll let you go first. I, I, I don't know. Okay. First of all, like, Tausch, what do you – I don't know what he's saying. Like, <laughs> we're losing Aaron – we lost Aaron Rodgers. And don't get me wrong. I understand it was for the best for everybody. I think, honestly, everybody is happier. Have you seen Aaron – that dude is Aaron bad. looks happy. I know the Packers are happy moving forward with Jordan Love. Like, everyone's happy. Let's just agree that we're all – everyone's in their best situation. It's four nights of complete darkness. That said, last year, even with the Packers, we're calling this a down year, a bad year, arguably, last year, right? He goes 36, almost 37. He's five yards short of 3,700 yards, 26 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. There is and a passer rating of 91.1. There's no way Jordan Love gets those numbers next year. And, I, if, and not only that. We lost weapons from last year. Like we lost wide receivers that Aaron Rodgers had, some vet, like some more veteran guys than we have. And we're looking at this like, is Jordan Love, someone who we know at this moment in time is not as good as Aaron Rodgers, and has a team which, in all realist, realness, is not as good as last year's, at least on paper. I don't know how Tausch can say with a straight face that there's. People shouldn't be worried that the Packers aren't going to be as good as last year. There's, there's some real reason for concern. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Do you think the Packers' offense will be better or worse uh, than it was this season, this upcoming season? That's our first Iron Jack poll question. This upcoming season, do you think the Packers' offense will be better or worse than last year? There is some, and this happens in every fan base here. And I'd love you again. You know, share your thoughts on this as well. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. There's blatant disrespect for players when they leave. Like Packer fans, ride or die, were trying to tell us how great Alan Lazard was, and now he's gone. Oh, who cares? Who's going to miss that bum? And I mean, because right, nobody like nobody's even acknowledging that Alan Lazard is gone. You got fan bloggers trying to say that Christian Watson is the fifth most uh, or fifth or sixth. Most important receiver to the Aaron Rodgers era in front of Alan Lazard. Like, right. could you be more disrespectful? Uh, and if those pass catchers, there's another guy we're also forgetting in Bob Tunyon that we just he's just gone. Right. And two years ago, everyone's like, we got this steel Pro Bowl tight end, and now it's like, oh, whatever, we'll just replace him with rookies and Josiah DeGuara. Just, I'm Matt. I ask this question. I do this every once in a while, and I really want the listeners to play with it as well. Because I think people underestimate what this guy did. Alan Lazard, how many catches do you think he had last year? Um, probably like 60. That was dead on. So good job. Really? Yeah, so 60 <laughs> catches, 788 yards, and six touchdowns. That's great. Gone. Yeah. And you like if Christian Watson has those numbers, I'd be pretty stoked. Right. But then who's replacing Christian Watson's numbers from last year? And then Rob Dodd. Like, that's yeah. the thing. Romeo Dodd. Like, you just slotted out. You just removed 60 catches and 788 yards from your offense. I don't know if you make that up this year. Like those, I mean, Dobbs. And that's the beauty. It's like there's potential for it, right? Like yeah. that's that's the fun of looking forward to an upcoming season. Like 
I'm just looking at it and saying the floor of this team is lower than last year's team's floor. Right, and it's not just because of the quarterback. You removed right. Alan Lazard, who is a good football player, off this roster. And yes, Watson and, and um, Romeo Dobbs are ascending players, but Alan Lazard, gone. Bob Tunyon, 53 catches, 470 yards, two touchdowns. Gone. And fans do this all the time, but you can't sit here and pretend. I'll do the same thing, so I'm not being accused of being some sort of uh, homer for the Bears. Chicago lost David Montgomery. You can't just say we're going to replace it with Khalil Herbert and Dante Foreman. Maybe, but David Montgomery is a proven commodity exactly. gone. And right, you have on, to acknowledge on. that. And it's the same thing with Tunyon and Lazard. You are going from proven players to question marks. And they can't ascend but you still don't have a backfill for it. So let's say Watson and Dobbs get better. Great. Who's still filling in behind them? Who's filling in for Dobbs' numbers from last year and Watson's numbers from last year? Oh, just the rookie's going to come in and do it? Oh, and then all rookies at tight end or an unproven guy in DeGuara? It's more than just the quarterback here. It's the entire offense is massive. Let's just hope all these guys click at once. So that's fair, Jim, and I'm not disputing the fact that obviously those are two commodities that are gone, right? And Tunyon and and uh, Lazard combined for 113 catches last year. Well, but Watson had 41 catches, Dobbs had 42. I I, I didn't realize it until I looked it up. Dobbs yeah. had more catches than Christian Watson a year ago, and I think we're all firm believers in this in the NFL. There's either a sophomore jump or a sophomore slump, right? And as we talked about a year ago with a guy like Lazard, somebody's got to catch the ball. So I, I, I don't, I'm with you. I don't necessarily expect a guy like Samori Toure, who was a late-round pick a year ago, or a guy like Jaden Reed, who's a rookie, to come in and light the world on fire. But I, I, I don't know how much you will actually miss a guy like Lazard. Tanya and I understand because Jesus. you're going to ha- you're gonna struggle with uh, with two rookie tight ends. Here, so, but Lazard, it's not like he lit the world on fire. Okay, but can I just do this pitching analogy yeah. here? So if you forget letting the world on fire, someone's going to catch it. Alan Lazard, a couple years ago, and even last year, oh, he's so good. Now it's like, who's going to miss him? I don't think and, anybody was making the case that he was so good. We were all very concerned yes, no. a year ago about him. Well, Maybe you guys weren't, but Packer fans were saying, oh, this Packers wide receiver room is better than you think because you got Alan Lazard, an ascending player. Now he's on another team. Bum. And so... <laughs> Never said that but, either. But when you look at the pitching... I mean, but that's kind of what you're saying. Like, well, some, he's just the body who happened to catch the passes. That sounds like a bum to me, Alex. When you look at, like, a starting pitching staff. So if you have... Al Lazard is your one, Watson is your two, Dobbs is your three last year, and then Randall Cobb is your four, and maybe that's how they finished, and then Bob Tunyon is your five. Well, now all of a sudden, you have Watson is your one, Dobbs is your two, and then what is the rest of your pitching staff? It's all a hope and a prayer. And some of those might click. And, yes, bodies will catch these, but what are they doing with it? How often, how consistently are they doing? Is Jordan Love even capable of putting them up there? That's the point why you should have a concern about this offense is that you cut out the legs of proven players that could have done it. I'm not saying you should have kept Alan Lazard, but you can't sit here and tell me you removed a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback last year, a top 10 quarterback last year in Aaron Rodgers. You removed a starting NFL receiver in Alan Lazard. He is a capable uh, I would say number two NFL wide receiver. Then you have Bob Tunyon, who is a capable NFL tight end. You removed all those players off this team, and you replaced them with nothing. Rookies with hope. Not and mention, I understand and not that. Not that Randall Cobb had any impact oh, yeah, great on the point. offense, but he was a veteran that could that did offer some guidance. And I know Jim doesn't always take to the analogy, but he's not saying that veterans don't offer anything ever. So, like, we knew – he Randall still had Cobb 34 had catches last year he, for 400 yards. Right. Like, he was still an X factor in addition to those Thank numbers. Thank you. Yeah. So, like, 
Here's the thing. Here's my thing is I love the youth that the Packers have. I love the idea of getting younger and we have a lot of players on rookie contracts. And I really do think that, you know, we can look at it and the sky is the limit. Like if, if Jordan Love hits and all these wide receivers turn out to be pretty good, I think we could have a pretty solid season. I just don't see it being. Wait, start to say that again. We'll say it, uh, it, you had three ifs in there? Yeah, right, no, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's my a point. Lot of ifs, like, right. There's a lot of question marks. So for Tausch to kind of say that we shouldn't worry, like, I, I don't, no one could convince me that the Packers have a higher floor than they did last year. We have way more, like, we knew that we were going to win at minimum eight games last year, right? So you had Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. This, I have a bigger question mark with, with Jordan Love and not really knowing how to close games. Not to mention, he is severely understaffed with people that understand football at the, the level of, like, even Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb did How to close year. out a football game. Again. It, it, it's just, the odds are not in their favor to be super great. It doesn't mean that they can't be, but they're not giving all of these players the best tools to win the game. They are trying to make sure that they are in the best situation for 24 to 25 seasons, not necessarily this 2023 season. Yes, and again, I'm not saying the Packers will stink. I have them somewhere a six to eight wins. I think that's probably at the bottom of the division. Fight. I honestly think. I think that's a good realist. Yeah, I think the Bears and the Packers will fight realist. it out between six and eight wins to be at the bottom of the division this year. Maybe yeah. Minnesota falls off the face of the earth, so maybe one of those teams ends up fighting for second and third place. But regardless, I don't think either one of those teams, I only think there's one team and if I'm betting on it, I'm betting the Lions to make the the actual playoffs by winning the division out of the NFC North. But when you look at the Packers, you removed proven things, and now you plugged them in with question marks. And there's not there's two two things can be true. You can have hope and have excitement. But here's the other part of it. So when you're trying to win football games or even have a consistent offense, Christian Watson might go off because this is what he did last year. I think right. he, he had like. Four or five games? Yeah, about five amazing games. I think yeah. four, or, you know, maybe six amazing games, four of those in a row. And then he was up and down the rest. But that's a rookie. Now, yeah. let's assume as a sophomore jump, you have 10 amazing games or 11. Yeah. But what happens when he is double teamed? Because here's the other part of it. He's double teamed, right? You're not worried about anyone else. You're going to put someone over the top on Watson. So now he's requiring Dobbs and these younger guys. But when these defenses who are capable make changes, then, then Jordan Love has to account for them. But my point is there can be young flashes. Christian right. Watson could go off for 10 catches and 160 yards and two touchdowns in the game, and the Packers win that game. And the next two games he has three catches because teams now try to stop it. And he's a young player trying to figure out how to beat double teams and do all those. So that's, you can be excited yeah. and be hopeful for the player as the individual in the micro. There's individual players you can be excited about. But in the macro, to just assume... Too many, working, too many moving pieces that all have to be functioning and clicking at the same time. I'll use it to even this. Even if Christian Watson's clicking, maybe he's running his routes perfectly and getting guys open. If Jordan Love is putting the ball in the right spot, it doesn't matter how great he's doing, and vice versa. Jordan Love could be throwing absolute dimes, but if Christian Watson's not there because he's not clicking... There's just so many moving by not parts clicking, with young people. Yeah, and by not clicking, it could be a half second off. I just use your your curling team. You've said that, like, hey, there's certain times in certain positions you guys have played together. You you know exactly not only that you can handle the pressure. You know everyone in that position can handle the pressure. You know what everyone's going to do in that position because you've all been on the same team for a long time now, and that carries weight. There are younger teams in curling that might be as talented as you guys, but they don't have, and it's not 
apples to apples, but they don't have the same click in the no, same. Finishing I, games when your inexperience is growing against a team that's played a lot of games is not easy to do. Um, there's experience and handling the pressure and being able to, knowing you can perform under the pressure. That kind of like is very relieving when you have to be in that situation, knowing you've been there before, you've done it and succeeded. So it, it definitely, I think there's similarities in football and these kids, and I say that as nicely as I can, but they, we have a very young wide receiving group and these kids are in for a, uh, a heck of a season where there's going to be a lot of weight on their shoulders or they're going to feel like there is uh, with Packer Nation hoping that they can, you know, show that Jordan loves the man. There's strength and continuity. We can talk more about that on the other side. We are going to be out at uh, Hometown Pharmacy in Wanakee on Friday. I believe we're going to have Chimray DK from the Badgers joining us. We're going to be out there on behalf of Iron Jock because they're selling their, their gear out there with Hometown Pharmacy. I'm wearing my Iron Jock shirt today. You can see that on the stream, YouTube, at Jim and Matt, and uh, everywhere else you want to stream anything. So Iron Jock, obviously, Matt, I love Iron Jock. You love Iron Jock even more. Yeah, absolutely. That's because Iron Jock has that silver ion technology. keeps you feeling fresh and smelling fresh for as long as you own the garment. Yesterday, I had the Iron Jock socks on. Fantastic socks. I When I go home, I don't have to worry about throwing them in the hamper and, like, burying them under yes. other clothes because they don't stink. That's because Iron Jock has my back. It's a Wisconsin-based company designed from the inside out. You can go to ironjock.com right now and get your own Iron Jock gear. That's ironjockjoc.com and wear Wisconsin's finest apparel, Iron Jock. It's what's inside that matters. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Because I love you more than I could love myself. Mama said don't fall in love again. She remembers all that I forget. Yeah, I tried so Four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six is how you get into Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Jim Rutledge, Matt Hamilton, with you live from Rooster's Steakhouse in Middleton. Our Iron Jock poll question that we're asking right now is basically, do you think the Packers' offense will be better or worse than last season? We'll hear from Mark Tauscher again. He said this on Wilde and Tausch earlier today. We are reacting to it. It was a landslide early, but the homers are coming in. Uh, right now, it is at uh, 53% say it'll be worse. 47% will be better. Honestly, if you had put push in there, I would imagine that's where they, uh, most of the votes go. But if I would look at it like this when I'm answering a poll question. Am I betting my mortgage on them being better or worse next year? And I would bet my mortgage that they're worse offensively next year as far as offensive rank. Yeah. You are putting a lot of faith into a lot of young players and uh, Coach LaFleur. And the jury's out on Coach LaFleur a little bit as far as can he be a head coach and a play caller. Last year didn't go well for him. Like, you have to put the blame for anything Aaron Rodgers struggled-wise on LaFleur as well, but you also have to give him the credit the other years. Right. But the thing is... How much, and this we don't know the answer to, and I think it's fair to question, how much of the success in this offense, everyone says, oh, Aaron had to run his own style off and all these sort of things, but also Aaron was out there making checks and audibles to maybe make this offense look better 
than right. it would have been. It's totally so possible. That, that's the part we don't know the answer to. So you're just taking a big leap of faith. 844-770-3776, how you get into the show. Do you think the Packers' offense will be better or worse than last season? And Strofe, I mean, you, had a, you jumped in earlier uh, with a lot of optimism. And I'm not saying you can't be excited. I'm just saying right. that if you're betting your mortgage, it seems pretty wild to bet on it being better when you're removing many – a Pro Bowl quarterback and a capable, solid starting NFL wide receiver and a capable, solid starting NFL tight end. Right, and, and I think you know it's it's an interesting conversation we had. We kind of talked about this a little bit last night on, on the Great Dane Huddle, and, and Brad Nortman alluded to how in his career he had seen how uh, uh, you know there was a veteran that maybe was such a large presence, and we can view that as Aaron Rodgers in this case was removed from a locker room in order to let a younger quarterback succeed. You can make the connections with uh, with Carolina where Brad played as to who that was, and Cam Newton obviously being the younger younger quarterback, and that led to a Super Bowl run for them. I'm not saying that's going to happen here in Green Bay. I'm just saying they're, they're allowing Jordan Love the room to be kind of the veteran, and we've talked about that before. But I don't know. I, I don't know where I would place my mortgage. I think Tausch has a fair point. This wasn't a good offense last year in comparison to the first three years of the Matt LaFleur era where they were scoring close to 30 points per game. You know, they were right in the middle of the pack in points per game last year, just to give you an idea. Uh, so they, they ranked 14th in the league. They, were, they averaged 21.8 points per game. Uh, but they were over two points per game worse than the 13th team, which was the Raiders. And they were just about .5 points per game better than Atlanta and New England were the closest teams better than them both bad offenses and non-playoff teams. So I, I, I don't know if I, if I have faith in Jordan Love to consistently put up 24, 28 points a game, but I think he can be in that wheelhouse. I, I truly yeah. do. I truly but do. To your point, that wheelhouse, there's not a large margin of error for them to slide down the list and be 18th. Right, 18th was the Giants, but that was a playoff team, 21.2 points. But we're not, and again, we're not asking about playoff teams and the rest of that. We're talking about this offense specifically. Sure. And I think this is a factual statement. On paper, the Packers got objectively worse on offense. We don't know what it's going to look like. For sure. But as far as proven, and this is how I judge any sport. If you're asking me to make a prediction on a team or a prediction on a player or any of that sort of stuff, how many question marks do I have? And the Packers have a phenomenally higher amount of question marks going into this offseason than they did last offseason. And that's the other part of it. offseason in my lifetime. Right. Yes, great point. (laughs) But going in from last offseason into the the start of the year, even after Strofe had his real talk with Jason Wilde uh, last year, he still was coming in at 10 wins. And you probably in your head are like, well, they probably get to 11 or 12. Right. Felt like Green Bay to me. This time around, it doesn't – I think, one, Packer fans, rightfully so, I think take offense for granted. Like, oh, offenses just score points. <laughs> like, the Packers could be shut out once this year or have like a, or not score a touchdown once this year. Like, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Like, no, it's happened happen. with Aaron Rodgers. And because the other part of it is, what happens when they play the Chiefs? And if Mahomes, even if the Packers defense, let's just, again, assume they were, they'll be slightly above, let's be 13th, okay? Mahomes goes up, puts up 30. And the Packers, let's say they're up 21 nothing quickly which is not out of the realm of possibility. Now Jordan Love's got to try to chase points. That's really hard for any quarterback to do. All of a sudden, all they do is get field goals, and they lose 38-7 to or 38-9 to or something. Sounds like well, a revenge game to me. That's all I'm saying. Jordan uh, Love revenge game. So you point yeah. that out, but the, most of the stuff we have on paper from Jordan Love ain't great. I will say the, the, the point of optimism that I do have with this offense is as a cook, 
and fancying myself a good cook. Oh, geez, sorry. I, Here we go. There's a big, there's yeah. something to be said about having too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I think a little bit last year, especially when Rodgers did not have a ton of confidence in that wide receiving core, like the most confidence he had was in Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard, who, what was Alan Lazard's fourth year? Fifth, I think. Fifth year. He, he, so, like, he, he had a little bit of rapport with him, but he, I don't think Aaron Rodgers loved his wide receiving core, especially not having Devontae. You've got two essentially coaches in Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers calling plays, and then Aaron Rodgers kind of getting that final look through. A lot of times that can be good. Mm-hmm. And I think for a really experienced team, that would, that's something that could really click. But for an inexperienced team – Trying to do a lot of these play changes, that can be something that can be a little trickier. And when you have too many cooks in the kitchen and you're getting too many signals, it can get confusing. And I am excited to see what Jordan Love, who is essentially going to be an extension of Matt LaFleur, is going to be able to produce. Because I don't don't see Jordan Love having the experience to check out nearly as many plays as Aaron Rodgers might have seen. So I'm curious to see how a true Matt LaFleur offense is going to be run. It might just hum because there's not going to be any sort of pushback. But here's what we know for sure. Again, it's hope that I'm pushing forward on. What we know for sure is that for the majority of time that Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur were together, the offense hummed. Last year was the only year they didn't do it. And what changed? Devontae Adams changed. So you remove Devontae Adams, you remove the star player out of there, and yet we're putting it all on Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams ain't walking through the door. Christian Watson's not Devontae Adams. Yeah. So, again, if you're looking at it realistically, what happened there is you had a drop-off of talent, and then you saw the um, quarterback play dip. And now we're saying we're taking off more talent and putting a less proven quarterback in there, but the offense will get better. Like that, That's the logical fallacy that doesn't hold any water here. Hope? Yeah. Fine. You can hope for whatever you want. Hope in one hand and crap in the other and see which one fills up faster. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm just saying that you, what you did here is that you removed – you said a bunch of cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers ain't a cook. He's a chef. Yeah. You took the chef out of the kitchen and you got a bunch of cooks thinking they're chefs. Yeah. And what's going to happen with that? And that's what I don't know uh, the answer to, and that's where it'll get tricky. What I do know is I was on a call earlier today, and look, I feel like a million bucks because I look like a million bucks because everyone on this call was asking about semi-glutide and how much weight I had lost. <laughs> and I had lost about 30 uh, pounds. I'm down to 8.7% body fat from 21% body fat. All I did was start taking semi-glutide, uh, which is the non-name brand version of that uh, weight loss drug you see everywhere out there on social media and everywhere else. I've taken it at Carbon World Health. That's where I recommend you take it. Dr. Nestor Rodriguez will give you that treatment. It is safe. It is FDA approved. It will burn fat, not muscle. It will also help uh, change your appetite so you'll eat better, you'll eat less, you'll eat more efficiently. All I've done from the beginning, is take semi-glutide. Same workout regimen, and obviously I'm eating better as part of the semi-glutide. Start your weight loss journey. Get your weight loss goals achieved with Carbon World Health. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts.
Rutledge and Hamilton continues live from Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in Middleton. I'm Rutledge. He's Hamilton. Alex Strofe back at the Everlight uh, Solar Studio. Going to the show, 844-770-3776. Iron Jack poll question. Do you think the Packers offense will be better or worse uh, than last year? And right now it is dead on 50-50 on Twitter. And, man, I just... Hey, I have no problem with people hoping for it. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it can't happen. But again, if I was betting my mortgage yeah. on it, I think I wonder if it would change at all if we had phrased it like if you had to bet true, a yeah. substantial amount, right? What uh, would you may, say? Maybe that would have changed it because just on paper, we all agree on paper, Packers offense got worse. Yeah, and the last time that happened, but in my heart, I want to believe the Packers will do better. Right, but the last time <laughs> it happened, so I'm voting yes. I'm going to vote yes right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, you just gave a list, mindset into all of our listeners. The, you know, the last time this happened, going into last season, they got worse by removing Devontae Adams, and, oh, their offense fell off a cliff. And so maybe there's something to, to having playmakers around your quarterback, whatever the age of that quarterback is. And maybe the backers, it all clicks and it all gets better. And I guess the way I look at it, Matt, you said it earlier, this doesn't feel like a plan for the Packers to be even better on offense this year. Maybe they will be, but I think the plan more is, and this I can buy, and Wilde even said this, they are setting, they will be a playoff contending team in two seasons. Not this, if, I mean, not this upcoming season, but the following season. That's their plan. I mean, I think that's their plan. Well, and assuming Jordan Love is just capable, I think they can be that. Right. When you look at all these young players, Obviously, they're going to have to get a little lucky. You're going to need these players to hit if you're going to want to click for next year. But, right. like, we've got a lot of young guys in positions that can really contribute to an offense. And, you know, we have young tight ends, young wide receivers. And if they do end up clicking, which is obviously the hope, in a year or two with Jordan Love hopefully being good enough to keep his job as a starting quarterback, these guys – they could be really good, but we're taking advantage of young players on a on a rookie deal, which is going to be friendly to the organization. That's the hope right now because we're going to have to pay Jordan Love in a year or two if he proves that he's good enough to be the guy. So we can't have super expensive wide receivers and tight ends, and we have an expensive running back. Like We're not going to be able to afford it. So the Packers are hoping that Jordan Love's the guy and that these all of these young guys that we have right now work out. Which and, won't happen. All the young players will not work out. Right, but and like... What, you even stumbled on it because you don't want to say that, but like that's just the facts. Yeah, I don't want to say that the young guys won't work out, but, you know, we get a couple good hits, say three, two. Because DeGuara was like the greatest I, thing I'm since saying, sliced bread when he was drafted. Saying, say it's Musgrave, maybe this... You don't have to name names. And obviously, you know... Kraft. And so the other, the other tight end. So, Strofe, I'll hop. you can hop into this as well. So... You're a big draft nerd. Give me the optimistic view on what uh, Jalen Reed from Michigan State could do for his career, and and, and then also this year. Like, what do you yeah. think optimistically? Yeah, optimistically, I think you know the the high side for him is a Randall Cobb esque role for the Packers, right? I mean, he's and I say that tongue in cheek a little bit because he'll start as a kick returner, likely with with Keyshawn Nixon having a bigger role in the defense this year, likely the starting slot corner. Um, and it'll likely be the third or fourth wide receiver out the gates just because of the opportunity in that room. Now, I don't expect him to have the Randall Cobb-esque rookie year. I think he'll struggle out the gates a little bit. I don't think he's as, as uh, you know talented as a prospect as Cobb was, 
but he has that emergency quarterback type role that that Cobb also played. Um, Badgers fans will remember he kind of single-handedly beat the Badgers last year in overtime, caught a touchdown and threw a touchdown uh, against the Badgers last year in that horrible loss to Michigan State. So I I really like him. I think he's a dynamic dude. I really liked that pick of Jaden Reed from Michigan State. But again, we'll see. That opportunity in the wide receiver room is is just wide open. So it's it's interesting. He's five. uh, What is he? Like five eleven, six foot, one eighty, is what I see. So, what's the what the knock on him? Why did he sit there? I, I know what it is, but I don't want to be the guy saying it all the time. What's the what's the Every other size. What's the what's the other outcome there? The outcome is that he's too small and gets beat up. And forget even injured, he's too small, can't get open, or he's just not a good enough route. He's just not a good he enough. He does a good to lateral get... speed, but yeah, of course. I mean, the Packers' mo has always been draft and develop. You know this better than anybody. Wait, but hey, Alex, but that's my. I, I'm not playing that game of like. I'm just saying. Positive, he's the next Randall Cobb. Pessimist, he's a bust. Realist, he could just be a nice little gadget player. And so some of these guys are going to miss. Jalen Reed could hit because he's got good lateral speed and he seems like a good football player, wide receiver, and he could be a safety valve for uh, Jordan Love. He could hit, he could miss because his size is not the size that usually succeeds in the NFL for a million different reasons. And he could get thrown off routes. Uh, he could never get big enough. He could be an injured type player. And so all those things are just as much in play. Let's go with Christian Watson. Both of you guys can hop in. What's the, I mean, a positive outcome for him? What? Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf. He's not going to be DK Metcalf. He's never going to have that kind of build. But that Mike Williams type player? Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. It's Mike Williams, a guy who's kind of there to blow the top off, big play threat, not much of a guy who you're going to dink and doink with and get chunk like five, six yards at a time. That He seems like the kind of guy you target a couple times over 10-yard passes. Let, hit, let his legs create space. Who are we talking a, about? Christian Watson. Watson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. similar height. I, I don't know that he has the uh, – the, Vertical leap uh, ability that Mike Williams does—that was yeah. always his his big thing. Yeah, but, the high but Watson's clearly ball. athletic, right? And, and mm-hmm. I think I think Packers fans have a lot to get excited about him and Dobbs. I guess I just I, I didn't realize how big of a season Dobbs actually had last year. I, I mean, it, it wasn't obviously the flashiest well, like Watson's was, but he had some really nice plays. He's kind of got a James Jones type feel to him a little bit. Does does Romeo Dobbs, and he has that great rapport with Love, which which I don't know that Watson has the same rapport with Love that, that Dobbs does. So I really do have high hopes for Dobbs this year to, to, to make that leap. But yeah. you know, high hopes, you said James Jones type. So, I mean, and I like And Dobbs, James Jones just, was a great, great right receiver in the Rodgers era. Okay. I, I mean, so how much of that was Rodgers to, and this is the other answer, we don't know the question, how much of that was Rodgers to James Jones? Is James Jones just an average receiver with a average quarterback? Jamie, I hope we're having this conversation in three years and we're saying how much of that was Jordan Love and how good is, is Romeo Dobbs? I know, the right word. Hope. I am really. I, you, definitely, definitely, you should hope for that. What does give me excitement is Romeo uh, Dobbs came out last year and had to pick up that number one receiver role a couple times with Christian Watson and Lazard yes. being so, injured. Like, so I that's part of the reason that I was uh, his production didn't surprise me as as much as it might have you with those forty two catches strove. But he Watson, he was out for five games, I think, last year. Oh, he missed time in college too, four and his body five size. Games, and that so was my point of like I'm super excited to see how uh, Romeo Dobbs does work out with this offense and if he is as durable as he was last year because well, he's he going to have too. a bigger role. Romeo Dobbs missed time too. I think he only missed two games, and which is good. My point being, uh, all these guys have 
definite upside, but they also still have question marks. And I like Romeo Dobbs. You can go back to I like Romeo Dobbs pick. Yeah, that was your pick. For yeah, the, I, I did. I like you that did. Pick for yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm not knocking on him, but again, I don't know what is he's. I don't think he's to put this in Packers terms. You're right. He's probably more James Jones and Greg Jennings. And I don't I don't know Watson. I don't have a comp for him. But like again, he Watson seems more like a big play guy. But I think. You're going to have to bargain or budget for injuries from Watson. His body size or his body has always been injured. And so I think you just have to account for that more often than not. He's going to miss some time, even within a game. But then the other part of it is that I keep on going back to is that where are these catches? Are they meaningful? Are they garbage? Not not from last year. I'm just saying, yes, someone's going to accumulate stats. But when this season happens, will these stats be meaningful? Will Romeo Dobbs run that route with the pressure on him and he runs at seven, he needs to be eight. Will Christian Watson feel the pressure, not from Aaron Rodgers throwing the football and he drops it, from being the, elite, the number one pass catcher, for always having someone over the top? Is, has he developed enough as a pass uh, route runner to be the next big thing? And they all might come true, but my point being is we are saying so many ifs and buts and maybes for this team and we didn't say that last year, and last year's team only won eight games. So, yes, maybe it all clicks, but there are so many questions. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying I wouldn't bet my mortgage on it. And, yeah, you have hope, have optimism, have all that, but also just know some of these guys are just going to miss. Yeah. It's just how it goes. We don't think – nobody's up here saying – nobody up here has been touting Goody as a great GM, even as a drafter, even in the Aaron Rodgers era. So that all changed because Aaron's gone? Or do you think Goody will be like most GMs and have hits and misses? No, I mean, I, I think we, I think actually prior to this Jordan Love takeover, we held Goody's draft in medium to high regard. Uh, I wouldn't say high. What is the, is it third? What is he? He's a horrendous third round drafter. Is that what you it got is? Yeah, third round. Yeah, he is horrendous at that. I would say he is a, I would say like a B drafter, B minus. He hits and he misses, like most GMs. He's not a lead at it. He definitely, and then the Jordan Love one would bring him down, but he's definitely had his misses too. And so he's had his hits. Amari Rodgers was a third round pick as yeah. a receiver, right? The, missing I mean, in the third round regularly is a brutal thing for Jim. I don't think he had the right tools, Amari Rodgers. <laughs> you stand by that, don't you? Here's the thing. What's the, in theory, what's the difference between Jalen Reed and, and Amari Rodgers? <laughs> We don't know what Jalen Reed is, so we're going to be excited Stop about it. Stop calling him Jalen. His name is Jaden. Jaden, whatever. <laughs> What's the difference between the two? Hope. Hope. <laughs> the one's a rookie. Yeah, one filled your, ha- one filled your hand already with Amari Rodgers with the, the evidence that he can't get it done, and your other hand is empty right one, now. One, 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 pl- one played in the Big Ten, one played in the ACC. That's, that's what we got. Is the ACC a better conference, though, for playmakers? Probably. Uh, well, well, Clemson is a better university than Michigan State, if that's what you're asking, yes. So, I don't, again, it's not fair to read for that, but I'm just saying that we, there's a lot of question marks leading There's a lot of hope, and that's fine. You can hope all you want. Just don't speak definitively with hope, like Mark did. Yeah. Like, was, you can't come up here and be like, definitively, all these things I hope will happen will happen. I don't think he spoke definitively. He was just asking a question. And I'm just asking the question: Why would you think that? Play it again. He's got definitive. Yeah, he's, one more. One yeah, more he's play he's speaking. Just asking. What makes questions. us think that we're going to be that much worse on offense than we were last year? <laughs> because Aaron Rodgers has this been a, a great quarterback. Part. He is a four-time MVP. I don't have to go through all the accolades of what he's done. He wasn't that last year, and again, a lot of reasons for it. 
I think the broken thumb was a monster reason for why he wasn't as effective. But we act like this offense, which was not very good last year, statistically, that it's going to be markedly worse. Man, I it just, wasn't a good offense a year ago. He's not wrong. And it's going to be He's worse not. this year. 59% of you agree with me. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. I should be dancing the pain away. It wasn't a good offense here, though. He's not wrong. And it's going to be worse this year. 59% of you agree with me. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. I am Rutledge. He is Hamilton. We're we're live from Whisper Steakhouse in Middleton. Alex Strofe drew the short straw. He is at the Everlight Solar Studio. Wah, wah. And uh, Alex was out here. We did a prep mania show out here with the coaches. And Alex, we got Lee from uh, Ruth Chris Steakhouse out here. And you are, what was uh, your experience out here? Because I know you love the sides, but obviously uh, the steak was great too. Well, obviously the steak was great, Jimmy. But the potatoes, I, I still don't know how to say it. Au gratin, am I getting that right, Lee? You got it right. That is the most tasty thing I've ever eaten in my entire life, I think. <laughs> Besides the steak. Besides the steak, of course. But in terms of a side, in terms of potatoes, I- I've never had anything better. Yeah, Ruth's famous for those other things, too, but for certainly those potatoes are excellent. Uh, and uh, so Matt and I are out here. We're going to try the uh, Gambler Old Fashioned. And, and, Lee, you were telling us in the break, but I think it's fun to share with our, our listeners and fans the story behind this Old Fashioned that we'll be uh, trying a little bit later. Yeah, Ruth Fertel is our founder. And uh, it's a long story, but she bought a restaurant from a guy named Chris, and and then it burnt down, and she threw her name in front of it, Ruth's Chris. But when she owned it, uh, it, that was in the 60s, and those were the days that she was uh, drinking a martini and smoking cigarettes in the back and doing some gambling when she had time (laughs) if she wasn't working really hard, you know. And uh, the legend has it that she'd always take, uh, and they say that she won more than not, right? And when she won, she gave the tips to the team. So she was cool, that for sure. That's but fantastic. one of her fav- yeah. favorite drinks was an old-fashioned. So this particular drink we have here, the Gambler's Old Fashioned, is a tribute to Ruth Fertel. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yes, and, and Matt, you, uh, you, this is the one you're – we're both excited to try it. Yeah. But you fancy yourself uh, not only a chef but also a bartender. Well, I mean, I, I like a nice cocktail. And if, uh, if I'm going to have a nice whiskey but I'm going to mix it, the old-fashioned is the way to do it. So I'm very excited to see how the top-notch bartenders here at the Horseshoe Bar and Ruth Chris Steakhouse do uh, this time. Well, I had the Nola Mule when I was here on Saturday. My wife had a pomegranate martini, crushed it. And, uh, it, and we always talk about Kevin. Kevin wasn't even the bartender that night, and they still crushed it. So yeah, everything was, was fantastic. Uh, but- I just can't stress this enough, though. It's like, again, my first thought with Ruth Chris was like, nice steakhouse. Like, I literally – had a T-shirt on. I switched into a polo. I'm in here. I walked into the Horseshoe Bar. The vibe is not that like super stuffy kind of like steakhouse yeah, vibe. Absolutely. Like there's a nice like you could come here after work and have a have a drink and have an appetizer. Told it you. Is, I've been telling you forever, man. Yeah, Happy it hour is, is great. It, it is definitely jumped up onto my radar. It's a club because, of good times. Yeah, again, again, I felt like I needed to wear a polo, and I'm like, you know what? I could no have way. wore what I had <laughs> coming into work here today. So uh, definitely something that I know I was a little bit surprised by, so I felt like I am our listener, so I thought I'd forward <laughs> that to everyone else. Like, 
Come as you are. Ruth's Chris is uh, accommodating, and the vibe is not uh, is not too stuffy or steakhouse stuffy yeah. like I originally kind of pegged it. And that's one of Ruth Fertel's uh, famous saying. She's got a few of them, but she says, "Just come as you are, yeah. unless you're no fun." <laughs> well, and I know that doesn't apply that, to you. Not all. Matt the time. brings the fun. Yes, you know? yes, yes. <laughs> Try uh, to. And Matt, you also fancy yourself a chef, so oh, you yeah. guys were talking a little shop beforehand too. Yep, yep. I I was because. Uh, as you know, and as our listeners know, we, uh, we've chatted here with Lee before, and I walked through a recipe. Uh, this time, uh, last night, I had pork yeah. chops. I had some delicious pork chops. Just grilled them. Grilled them on the smoker yeah. like you usually would. But I had uh, in, our, in our CSA box, which is uh, getting like a bunch of random farm vegetables every two weeks from this farm, I had like a weird mushroom called lion's mane mushroom. <laughs> And it literally looks like a cotton ball. They okay. look really right. wild, uh-huh. and but they shred apart, kind of like um, like those imitation crab okay. meat yeah. pieces. I think it's yeah. like cotton candy. Yeah, no, yeah. so like you know, shredding almost yeah. like a string cheese, kind of. Gotcha. Right. So what I did is I shredded it all apart like a string cheese and gave it a quick little chop and mixed it in like I would a crab or a crab cake yeah. and just substituted this crab out with this mushroom and made like mushroom cakes essentially. But I made the same sauce I would for a crab cake, and it was like. Uh, my boy. <laughs> that being said, I'm pretty sure I could put this sauce on an old shoe and I'd give it my best effort to eat it because it's so delicious. Yeah, but it's not as good as your wife's cookies. Yeah, that's fair. The sourdough cookies are uh, next level. What do we got here? So uh, this is uh, a gift from Lee. So why don't you go and open yeah, up? Yeah, you've been killing there. it though. You know, uh, like with oh, that, that culinary. Yes. Yeah, so you Deserve have uh, a little thing here. Wow, uh, go the ahead and show it to, Madison Chef. Yes, yeah, so go ahead and show it to the uh, Twitter stream. We'll have uh, our team here take a photo of it for social as well. Go ahead and describe. give us some dazzling detail, Madison. Yeah, so this looks like <laughs> what they would put, uh, like a chef T-shirt or chef coat that they would put. It feels like a nice uh, flame. Well, stand up so they can take a nice photo with it. feels you. like a nice uh, fire retardant material. There you go. So you can work around the grill, and it's hot. It's got the Roos Chris logo here, on get one there side. With Lee there in the photo there, too, yeah. <laughs> So as they're doing this, it has uh, embroidered into there uh, Matt Hamilton, ESPN Madison chef, uh, and then the Roos Chris Steakhouse. This is, uh, I'm putting I got it on you a right short now. sleeve. You know, I, I thought about it, and I, I thought, you know, this if you're in the, the house it. or in the summertime when you're usually grilling. Yeah. But looking at all those shirts that you typically wear, I should have got something a little more vibrant, you know. You know, with the uh, – <laughs> With the old chef jackets that I used to wear, I used to just roll the sleeves up anyway. So this is perfect. Nice. I'm super excited. This is definitely replacing the chef jacket now because I have, like I said, safety first. So this uh, this material is definitely not going to catch fire on me. And it says chef on it. Yeah. I might be able to sneak into the kitchen too and uh, you know fire some steaks. I up. wasn't sure what to put on the bottom. I was going to put uh, you know Olympic uh, gold medalist, or, oh, right? and I thought I'll stick to the ESPN. Yeah, I think ESPN chef is good because I don't think anyone in our uh, office can cook with me. I, I agree. I don't think so either. <laughs> so obviously, too many young kids. They, they don't even. They can't even afford the ingredients yet. <laughs> so, Lee, I'll ask you it's this: still on ramen packs. Matt, Matt, <laughs> Matt can be a little bougie at times, but there's the uh, the show really popular called The Bear on Hulu right now. But it does. He's a, a chef, and they do the whole yes chef thing, and it's been kind of a cultural oh, phenomenon sure. and like the old French pe- brigade style. Yeah, right. yeah, and so it's but it's like a it's a really popular show. It's kind of gotten the zeitgeist uh, of everyone watching it. So I wonder now because even my wife and I we had watched an episode before we came here, and we're like, it wasn't that I had any feedback. I was like, 
but it just helped me understand how much more goes into preparation somewhere like here because we had the porterhouse for two and just all the attention to detail from the front of the house to the back of the house was amazing uh, even like taking the butter and the sauce from the steak and putting it on our steak when we were there but we had a sweet potato casserole with his like candied crusted on top with That's the pecan good, yeah. amazing yeah. and then also some mushrooms but uh, do you have any cases now where you get uh, people thinking they got a little bit of – I hear people do like home remodeling and be like, I hate those HGTV shows because right. everyone thinks they can sell or remodel a house now. Oh. With the, the booming of Guy Fieri and the show The Bear <laughs> and all these things, like, do you have any cases where it's like, I get it, Matt, but like, you really don't know <laughs> what, it, <laughs> what it means to work here? I don't know. Matt's uh, – he's an impressive dude when he talks about his yeah. culinary and his uh, love for – And I'm using it as my straw man, but right. just in general, yeah. I mean, definitely, I got a little bit of chops in the kitchen, yes. and there is, it is definitely a different animal when you're preparing for, you know, family of four or two, in my case, me and my wife, as opposed to serving, like, 350, 400 people a night. Um, that kind of preparation, a lot of math, a lot of, uh, a lot of cohesive and moving parts. It's team Which ball. is what we're hoping that this Packers offense yeah, yeah, so you got go. a lot of rookie Trent. cooks in the yeah, kitchen right now. And you need them all to be doing their thing so that final dish can come together and that's maybe a playoff run. Uh, let's leave your thoughts on the on the Packers, though, before we let you go. We were talking well, about I like what earlier. Matt was saying. Matt was saying some great things. And, you know, I always hear the little bit of a bitterness of the Bear fan in you. <laughs> and I, you know, <laughs> I really do. Um, but uh, I like the Packers this year. I'm just glad Rodgers is gone. I, I, you know, he did great things. But after that Seattle loss, I just, it always stung me. And he just never got, he never, um, you know, went, went beyond and, and rised above it. You know, and, and, yeah, sure, he kept us winning. But uh, it was always painful. Uh, I'm looking more forward, even if we're losing, just some different unity to the team. And I think when you talk about you know getting rid of the chef, I think there's truth to that. But at the same time, uh, I think there's a lot of people when he's you know he was just so dominant, even to the coaching staff, that they're going to just maybe unify. It, it's it is questionable for sure. But I think there's a good opportunity for the youth to rise above it. And I, I do agree, like the the vibes and for the future of the team like that can look bright i mean right. I, there's no reason to say none of these guys are going to succeed you just don't know but there is i think an idea lead in matt you've hit on it too that there's going to be more positive vibes if yeah. like, and i mean that can matter for at least a year that i think aaron was done he was unhappy in green bay and that kind of just bled through everything he's happier in new york and the players are happier at least in that locker room now, it's just a different sort of fresh look on it. And then we'll, we'll have to see at the end of the year what the product looks like when you got a bunch of cooks and see who the chefs end up being. But in this case, I do think both of you are right in the idea that there's going to be a different vibe coming from Green Bay. How, what that leads to wins, who knows, but long-term that could be better. I keep thinking also a little bit about uh, Shanahan and you know the way he operates his offense. It yeah. seems like LaFleur wants to do that too. And look at the quarterbacks he's putting in there. Oh, yeah. You know, so certainly love is in question. But I think there is an opportunity for them to just do these extra plays, these other things they weren't doing. As far as the situation, love might be in one of the better situations now that he is a starter. You have a guy who wants to run a a system with a system quarterback, not necessarily a superstar. So this might be a good fit for love and LaFleur going forward. There you go. Lee, thanks so much for the Packers insight and uh, for uh, obviously Matt's wonderful gift there. You guys are so fun, by the way. Yeah, we we love being out here. Scalzo and Bruss are coming up later as well. So coming out to Roos Chris Steakhouse, enjoy the happy hour that we told everyone about. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light.